0: listening to the Myers and Stroot Podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah, duh. yeah, go with me. Useless information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot.
1: All right we're live welcome back 2021
2: good evening
0: nate it's good to talk to you man especially because i just dropped that bomb of a uh, deshaun watson allegation quote that apparently you just heard for the first time just a just a moment ago uh, for our reader or readers our listeners at home uh i think we are all a little familiar with the uh, the watson allegations but i i just unearthed uh, some some actual quotes from uh, Tony Busby, the lawyer representing the 30-some-odd different women. Um, and I guess Nate was not familiar with that one. Nate, do you I have was, any thoughts um, on that?
1: I'm still
2: shell-shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. He enjoys uh, so it I really, but i but uh, in, in his thirty and
0: this is an awkward way to kind of introduce the 2021 season, but it's, I I just kind of thought that was maybe our way of appropriately kind of getting into this season, just because that's obviously a really obscure series of allegations that I don't really think anybody saw coming, especially he's a Deshaun Watson, a pretty upstanding guy that everybody seemed to have pretty positive, good opinions of. And uh, all of a sudden dude wants some weird things. So the elephant in the room, (laughs)
1: So, like, I'm all about, like, if you want weird things in your own home, but if you start to... By all means. That, yeah, you start paying. You're the quarterback of the Houston Texans. Come on. Like, oh, uh, you bummed
0: her. It's like right after he just signed that contract for $40 million a year or whatever it was. It's like, I'm going to go celebrate by... Money for good use. These, these pe- peculiar acts with uh, unwanting massage therapists. Deshaun always goes for two. So, do we do we know
1: our punishment now? If we lose the 2021 projections, you have to go into a massage parlor <laughs> and you have to request exactly what Deshaun wanted. Let me just show you the results period. real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, going to say 2021, not this uh, year.
0: Like, 2021, I'll I'll devote a lot more time and effort to it because uh, I, I did very poorly. Let's in just say 2020.
1: 2020 the, the winner will pay for that to happen so I'm Andrew find
2: like you there <laughs> <laughs> I'm going pure averages trying to finish middle of the sure there's
1: yeah there's 20 girls like yearning for business right now so anyways okay we can move on beyond Sean Watson but I do agree that that's uh I mean come on 20 2020 was what a what a weird year and the fantasy yeah. football season. And it's hard to believe that we're now we're ramping up for the, you know, the NFL draft for the 2021 season. I mean, does it not feel like that whole season blew past us? And I, I the fact that we even completed a full season with everything that happened, was pretty amazing.
0: I think starting in about week three or week four, whenever it was that the, uh, the Tennessee Titans had their giant breakout and they had to postpone the, um, the Steelers game. I thought that was really the beginning of the end. Uh, then the Patriots had a couple of people where they had to sit out for a game or two, Cam Newton, especially. Um, it just seemed like it was just ramping up. And the inevitable thing was I figured, okay, by Halloween, the season's over or by Thanksgiving, the season's over. But it seems like they got everything in order. I mean, there, there were still a, a couple of people that had to sit out a couple of games, but for the most part, most teams were at pretty much full force. Uh, I was Honestly, really impressed uh, that they managed to finish the season as scheduled. Uh, they only had, I think, two two rescheduled games, that Titans-Steelers and also uh, the Patriots-Broncos. And um, or was it Patriots-Broncos or was it another game? You might remember that. I know the Broncos had to play. They had a lot of guys out. They had to miss a missing game. They, hell, they had to start some Uh, oh yeah wide receiver to as a quarterback they didn't have a quarterback yeah
1: all the quarterbacks yeah were like a circle jerking in the same film room and (laughs) they all got covered together good practice yeah uh, i would argue
2: though gents and i'd like to get your opinions on this that it as far as being able to watch a game almost every night of the week it was fantastic when have you watched an nfl game on a tuesday or a wednesday
0: well, they're actually that—that that was the first time ever they had a game every single day of the calendar week. I mean, they had—they had Wednesday games, they had uh, Saturday games toward the end of the season. Uh, there was even a Friday or Friday games because it was uh, Christmas this year. So, yeah, that was a uh, really awesome that we had. Football on Tuesdays, Wednesday, Wednesdays, along with all the other standard days. So, yeah, and that's it, a it, nice change.
2: It, of pace. All, it all fell in a way that didn't ruin our fantasy leagues as well. Yeah, I think you know the the fantasy week ended when we needed it to end for the next one to begin. So everything kind of jive.
0: It made it a little weird for some of those weeks when we have Tuesday games and then you're trying to do Wednesday waivers. So it made things a little tough for some of those leagues. But, yeah, I think all things considered, it went about as, as good as it possibly could, given that it was in the middle of a global pandemic. So uh, they uh, they didn't have the convenience of being able to do something like, a, um, like what the NBA did, where they just get everybody in a giant bubble and say, OK, now you're going to play your games. Nobody leaves uh, when you're traveling all across the country. Uh, dealing with different fan bases, different teams, different organizations, especially much larger teams with uh, the NFL compared to the NBA. Uh, The number of breakouts really impressed me. I mean, it went a whole lot better than I think anybody could have imagined. Uh, I was always cautiously optimistic, but I I was realistically thinking that there was no way they were going to do the Super Bowl in February based on how things were looking in August, September, even October, November, uh, when the U.S. really had that kind of Second or third giant breakout. Uh, it was still going on, and the NFL persisted and kept going, and it still kept this uh, playoff schedule on on schedule. And then, uh, yeah, finished with goddamn Tom Brady winning another one.
2: I think it was exactly what we all needed, though. You know, that mental escape during sure. the last year when, you know, a lot of us couldn't even leave the house. So it was, it was great that they were able to get the season going the entire time.
1: So what do you think about all the uh, the players that chose to to stay out for the 2020 season? Do you think they're regretting or do they think that, I mean, I'm just curious to get your opinion on that.
0: I know a couple of people did specifically because of concern for family. Like they, they just had a child or they were expecting a child soon or they, they had their their parents living with them that's immunocompromised or something like that. So I, I don't think any of those guys have regrets, but um that 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 only represents a handful of the people that just sat out so i i can't speak for the others i know they actually had a pretty decent like severance package or consolation prize whatever you want to call it, for the people that chose to stand to sit out it was a flat fee so it didn't matter if you were patrick mahomes or third string uh tight end everybody got the same five hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was if you elected to sit out for the year um so i think some of those guys who were maybe not even going to make it through the entire season anyway. They, they they didn't complain. But, yeah, I think once we found out that the season was able to finish uh, on schedule and then they made it through the year without any giant breakouts, I'm guessing some of the people like uh, like Damian Williams, uh, some of those guys who, who could have got a chance to, one, do well that season and also earn a better contract the following year, uh, I'm guessing they if they could do it all over again, they would have tried to try to play.
2: Are they allowing well, anybody? Yeah. Good. I was just going to say, there was no team that lost as many players as the Patriots, right? Practically. That's it it seemed like, you know, a quarter of their team just held out. And I,
0: it makes me... It was a lot if, of their starters too. It, it wasn't yeah. just their their late backups. They, they, they had four or five starters that uh they decided to opt out.
2: You, do you... It's difficult to consider, but do you think it had anything to do with the fact that Brady had moved on? In their heads, you know, they're thinking cams coming in we're not going to be the same team we're not going to be as competitive that's going might to be a loss that decision yeah whereas if yeah, you i think look it's at definitely them, possible yeah because uh, because looking at the list that i can see there's i think one buccaneer that held out you know and, and who's to say you never know but sure a lot of patriots held out one buccaneer held out and they won the super Bowl.
0: definitely possible
2: covid and Positis.
0: So, so, Nate, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about NFL results? You want to talk about fantasy results? You want to talk about specific leagues?
1: Well, if you want to give a quick highlight on our team predictions, I don't think we need to go into like the deep, dark depths and the weeds of what we sure. did. Sure. If you want to give a, a highlight, I can't even remember what we wagered, to be honest.
0: Well, fortunately for me, there was no actual cash or prize wager on this that's kind of bragging rights Bastard. uh or if there was I, i've kind of blocked that out of my mind and completely forgot about it which is for the best uh because I, I finished i wouldn't say a distant third nate and i finished both kind of mediocrely behind andrew who kind of demolished the both of us but i'm sure it is what it is thousand
2: dollars per person <laughs> pretty sure it was ten thousand dollars per person
0: would, at that point, we could have said, oh, maybe 10,000 Dogecoins, but hell, that's actually a lot of money after today. I, I, I don't know if you've been following that. But
2: yeah, take it. I'll take anything.
0: No, but I mean, as, as far as the results, I don't know if you guys have the, have the, the numbers pulled up here. Uh, I mean, there's 32 teams, and we predicted results for all of them. Um, Andrew won 15 of them uh, outright. Uh, Nate got six outright and five for myself. Then we had a couple of uh, split ones and ties. Um, but yeah, Andrew, you kind of kicked our ass here, man. I don't know what your secret was, but you seem to, uh, have that magic number for a lot of these teams.
2: I'll tell you what the secret is. you. You, You close your eyes and you just get a pen and wherever it drops, that's the team that you go with. And, and that's how I kind of went through the whole method of the thing. But I'll be sure to uh, be wagering next time and, and just watch me come last, I'm sure.
0: I'll take it a look at some of the numbers. I mean, the biggest misses that you had, let's see. Yeah, your biggest miss, really, I think was four and a half. You had the Eagles going nine and seven. Uh, They ended up going 4, 11, and 1. So uh, I think a lot of people expected that out of them. Just Carson Wentz regressed tremendously before they brought in uh, Jalen Hurts. So, um, yeah, I think all things considered, yours were pretty spot on. Uh, Nate, you and I both had a few big whiffs. Um, Mm -hmm. You thought the Jets were going to do a whole lot better with 8 and 8. They finished 2 and 14. Uh, I think six, Yeah, you were also six off with the Atlanta Falcons went only four and 12. You had them at 10 and six, but uh, I had the worst ones. So I, I had the biggest misses. Um, I thought the Falcons were actually going to do even better than that with a uh, 11 and five. So being seven games off there, six games off with 49ers, they had some extenuating circumstances with, with injuries, but that's still not a, a complete excuse. Uh, overall. I mean, it is what it is. I think the Buccaneers did a whole lot better than people expected. Um, they were between one and four games better than we anticipated. Only good enough for a five-seed in the playoffs, but obviously uh, Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does, and getting into the playoffs is really all he needs. Once he's there, it's uh, he's the favorite, even if he's the, the road team or the the Vegas underdog. It's still tough to beat up, beat that damn guy at 42, 43 years old, or whatever whatever he is now.
2: Uh, and I'm not sure anyone can stop him again this this coming year, to, to be honest. The way that they um, handled the... They resigned uh, the, like everybody. They did. Like every single the only, person. Antonio Brown, I think, is the only one that we don't know about, right? Because he's looking for a payday and he might That's get it right. elsewhere. Um, but, I mean, Julian Edelman just retired. He can play this
0: <laughs> He just retired for now. Give him a couple of months. He doesn't want to go to OTAs. Once the preseason comes along and say, hey vet minimum, down here in Tampa, it doesn't snow down here.
2: I saw that Gronk gave him a sixty-nine percent chance of coming (laughs) out of retirement. Nice, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll take the kudos there, guys, and we'll definitely wager something for for the coming season.
0: Yeah, I think I need to put more of an effort into it because I think pulling numbers out of my ass for the Falcons and and these other teams was a little uh, short-sighted. Um. Can we can we kind of shift gears talking about uh, fantasy football results? I mean, we, we can get into our leagues later, but I think just more kind of the the season overall here is something I wanted to bring up. Is that where we can prove that we actually know what we're talking about and that like, you're not listening to a bunch of losers? Like, well, well at least in fantasy football. Yeah, we well, we at least made some money on, on on that side of the realm. I mean, not knowing what the teams are going to do, yeah, that might be a little predictable. But I think we all we all did pretty well on the, uh, the fantasy teams, but what I wanted to bring up in particular though, is just how top heavy some of these damn injuries were last year. I mean, I'm looking at a, the ESPN PPR top 300 cheat sheet for the 2020 drafts from back in August of last year. I mean, number one, Christian McCaffrey, I missed like 13 games, Saquon Barkley. He was out after week two or week three for the entire season. They've that killed a couple of your teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke Elliott I mean he wasn't injured necessarily but he was just terrible toward the end of the season Dalvin Cook missed a couple of games uh, Alvin Kamara was really the only one that was healthy the entire time him and Derrick Henry but uh, Michael Thomas missed about half the season uh, Miles Sanders missed a couple of games Kenny and Drake a couple of games uh, was it Nick Chubb that missed a few for, um, for Cleveland or was that uh, Kareem Hunt okay
2: Hunt, Hunt got like two starts I think at least
0: Okay, so yeah, Chubb missed a couple of games. Joe Mixon missed uh, two-thirds of the season. Aaron Jones, a couple of games. Julio Jones, a lot of games. I mean, of the top 17 or 18 guys here, at least like 12 of them missed more than just a game or two. They usually missed three or four or a lot more games, especially in the case of, uh, of those top guys, of Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. So, I mean, especially in an auction draft, if you went kind of studs and duds approach with a couple of those guys, you were dead from the start. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to get off the ground if you spend two thirds of your budget on Saquon Barkley and Michael Thomas, and both guys are effectively worthless by uh, by mid September.
2: I mean, imagine how good you would have felt coming away from an auction with Barkley and McCaffrey. Yeah. And then just you think you to have the, that- the, the,
0: the top two running backs and you're stacked, but then, yeah, come come week three, it's uh, yeah. dead and buried. Yeah, so I mean, I think we all probably had at least one or two shares of of a couple of these guys in in our various leagues. But man, it was just painful seeing these guys drop like flies. And obviously, it's got to be partially or mostly attributed to the fact that offseason was completely atypical. Uh, Preseason was non-existent. Uh, The the opportunity to kind of ramp up that training and get ready, get in game shape was just simply not there. Uh, some teams maybe did a little bit better than others, but every team dealt with injuries, and this year especially, those uh, those top tier kind of superstars felt it kind of more than most. And for a uh, from a fantasy perspective, it was just painful to watch.
2: So speaking towards this season, because it's becoming seventeen games instead of sixteen, is it three preseason games?
0: I think into, it's down to two now.
2: Down to two with the seventeen, so they get I guess one game off what they would normally get?
0: Uh, I mean, technically the team does, uh, but I mean, realistically in the preseason, the the starters are going to play that third game and maybe a couple of drives in the second game. But for the most part, it's it's really just kind of cutting down on the evaluation time they're going to get for those end of the roster guys on figuring out who's going to make the cut and who's not. But uh, I'm sure that just places a bigger emphasis on OTAs and team practices instead of any other games uh, against other teams. Um, I know that moving down to two preseason games was the compromise that that a lot of the uh, the people in the um, in the players' association wanted to do if they were going to go to seventeen.
2: I, I understand what you're saying with the injuries and losing your league based off of drafting these top studs and you know losing them after a couple of weeks. But I think what it did as well was it gave opportunity to other players who you just never thought would have broke through, like the James Robinsons. Yeah. That's a league. I mean, who can predict that kind of thing, you know, uh, Justin Herbert.
0: I Justin mean, if, Herbert if, was a machine.
2: Yeah. I mean, Tyrod Taylor just needs to avoid hard knocks because every time he's on it, he loses the job <laughs> pretty much after week one. And that, the same thing kind of happened again. It was, what was it? The punch lung week one, week two.
0: Yeah. The, the poor, uh, the poor medical guy on, on the chargers that they just stabbed him in the wrong place, trying to give him a shot. And, uh, yeah, that ended up opening up the door for for Justin Herbert to best thing run away with the, the offensive rookie of the year award. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. and I mean, think of the other guy. I mean, there was a lot of rookies that kind kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm just looking looking at these rankings. I mean, Chase Claypool, 196. He was a, a top six, top eight fantasy wide receiver for a, a couple of weeks there early on in the season. Um, Justin, Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson was was a monster. Um, and Jonathan Taylor kind of went from, I mean, they all thought he was going to be good. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be as good as, as he was at the end of the season, yeah. obviously with Marlon Mack going down, they gave him a lot more opportunities, but he turned it into, I mean, he's a top five, top six, uh, running back going into the 2021 season now, which I don't think anybody really saw coming, just given the amount of other running back talent that's around the league. So to put him up there with Alvin Kamara, Dalvin cook, Derek Henry, I think that says a lot for a second-year guy like him.
2: I feel like Stephon Diggs as well really proved the point. Absolutely. When he moved to Buffalo and was like, okay, well, maybe he'll catch a few deep balls and and, and take a few, you know, get a touchdown here and there. He's not too reliable. And he was just Mr. Dependent for that team and um, helped them get to the playoffs.
0: And he really turned it on later in the season, too. I I, I can speak to that only because I owned him in our guillotine league. I actually dropped him at one point because while he was good, he was not great. He was like a consistent 10, 12 points a, a week. But then in the final month of the season, uh, he, he just turned it to another level. And that 10, 12 points became 20, 25, 30. Uh, and in that final game, uh, I forget who the Bills played in our championship week, Nate. Um, but, yeah, he was good for 35, 40 points in, in that single game in a lot of people's championship weeks. Uh, so, yeah, he, he won a lot of leagues or he lost it for for his opponents. That was the same week that Alvin Kamara went for 60-some-odd points and uh, th- there were a couple of monster performances and a, a lot of duds like DeAndre Hopkins Aaron Jones and a few others so a lot of those superstars were were either killers or were saviors for a lot of teams this year it wasn't just they they did okay they, they, they went above and beyond or, or they just completely collapsed in, in that final championship week
2: while we um, while we're catching up on last season I've got a few trivia questions for you both before we move forward if you don't mind gentlemen. bring it on Okay, five questions. Um, take turns, and who answers first? I'll record them. And then once we've gone through all five, we'll go over the answers real quick and we'll see if you did better. Okay, most passing yards in 2020? Nate? Most passing yards in 2020. Nate? Mm, most Am I timed
1: as far as how how long I have to answer this? 10 seconds should be adequate.
2: I'm not going to Google it, obviously. I can't do it. I can't see Tony's hands, so he could be... uh, Oh, you don't want to see my hands. That's for other reasons. Three hands come up. Praxed for Deshaun. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay, most passing yards for 2020. I'm thinking people that aired it out, but also played a full season. Ooh. Man, all... Three. If two. if Fitzpatrick played a full season, I go Fitz, but I'm gonna throw Rogers out there.
2: Yeah,
0: Tony. Okay, uh, I know that one. That's uh, Mr. Buttfingers. Deshaun Watson was number one last year. Really? Okay. Well, well, we'll come we'll come back to it, Tony. We'll come back to it.
2: No no spoilers. Second question: Most receptions last season. Tony, you go first.
0: Oh, receptions. I mean, I actually know that Stephon Diggs had a ton of them, but I don't know if he was number one. Uh, thinking around for those volume wide receivers or tight ends, uh, you know, I'm actually going to lean Kelsey. Uh, I'm thinking Travis Kelsey might be a kind of a tricky answer there.
1: Right. Most receptions, are you saying, are you being receiver specific? Anyone who can catch
2: a ball with the two hands.
1: Anybody catch a ball with their two hands. Oof. Well, even one hand, I guess.
0: <sighs> Odell Beckham.
2: I was, I was going to talk to no. The I'll counter I'll,
0: counter.
1: I'll counter Stroot and I'll say Diggs
2: just to to back him up on his uh, diggs Kelsey conundrum. Got it. Most rushing yards last season. Nate, Henry, streeter
0: Yeah, that that seems like the obvious answer. I'm trying to think if anybody else stood out. I mean nobody else is coming to mind. I mean, Kamara did very well, but I think Henry still had a couple of monster games of 200 some yards a piece. Uh, yeah, it's gotta be Henry there.
2: You guys kind of have the same answer. No problem with that. Um, most receiving yards. So we've already done most receptions. This is most receiving yards. Yeah. Receiving
0: nice. yards. Uh, I think that one's me first. Um, well, you heard my answer. so. <laughs> I, I didn't hear something. I, I heard you starting to talk, but I wanted to make sure I get to go first. He said Duke uh, Johnson. <laughs> See. Yeah. I mean, Devonte Adams seems like the, the easy answer, but he didn't really do a whole lot of 75 yard bombs. Um, I remember at one point, um, Kelsey was actually leading all receivers in both yardage and receptions. If I'm re- remembering correctly, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Just, I mean, damn, Tyreek Hill, Mike Adams, or um, oh, Mike Evans, um, Calvin Ridley. I'm just trying to think of all these different names. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with Devonte Adams. Right. That
2: was my answer. He's also Jefferson whomp, was my whomp. close number two, but. Last one is most touchdown receptions of last season. And that is Mr. Myers to answer first. Touchdown receptions.
1: Hmm. Dang. Oh, with Kelsey on that one. Touchdown receptions.
0: Yeah. I know that... Um, AJ Brown had a really good amount of touchdowns at one point of the season for the Titans. I, I don't know if he was good enough to get up to, up to the top. Um, and Devontae Adams had a couple of multi-touchdown games also, but then there's the, the chargers had a good passing attack. The, uh, Cardinals did a lot of good teams to pick from. I don't want to be boring and say Devontae Adams again. Uh, Gun to, go. to my head, DK Metcalf.
2: All right. Well, let's go over it real quick. I don't want to waste too much time on this, but boring answers for the safe answers and the, the more correct ones. So uh, most passing yards in 2020 was the Sean Watson, 4,823. So Tony got that one. Most receptions in 2020 was Stefan Diggs. Nate got it. Um, counteracting what tony wanted to use as his answer and that was 100, Kelsey. 127 receptions the most receiving yards was also stefan diggs uh, neither of you got that you both went with adams um 1535 yards most russian yards in 2020 was derrick henry tony got it 2027 make up i guess that
1: too i guess it too
2: Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, I put Henry and Henry. I guess yeah. I maybe thought you put Hunter Henry there. Yeah, uh, He's
1: the only one. To, he, I knew he <laughs> eclipsed 2000, so he's the only person to eclipsed 2000 last year. Yeah,
2: you got it. Last one, most touchdown receptions in 2020 was Devont- Devontae Adams, which I think you were both flitting with the idea of it. It was 18 touchdowns.
0: Yeah, it was it was boring saying the same guys over and over. We tried to mix it up. But yeah, I think those, those same guys really just kind of covered uh, all categories last year.
2: So you guys actually tied in um, Andy's little trivia cor- corner there. So
0: there hell go. yeah! Well, should we move on to uh, our 2021 leagues, or you want to talk about the rookie draft first? Uh, what what sounds good to you, Nate?
1: Uh, I guess the only thing I touch on before we move on, I would say, I think between all of us here, I mean, we, I guess, worth noting, and we only get a one one moment to shine and to. To feel good about ourselves, but I would say between all of us, we did win some leagues. Um, and I, admittedly, this was I ended up winning like five dynasty leagues last year, Jeez. which was I I got lucky. I mean, there but there's also some moves that I mean I've, I feel good about. But you mentioned um, like Barkley going down, like hybrid flex for from one example was. I lost Barkley in that league and I still managed to to win that. So I think as a, as a message to everybody, Hey, for what, for what it is, I guess I will take it, but I do think like, that's one thing that I think we want to touch on this podcast is, you know, and one thing that's important to me is the week tweak moves and the, the capitalizing on situations to help you get through challenges. Um, Because I mean, that's, I came across a lot of uphill battles especially losing a a caliber player like that and how do you how do you take advantage of that how do you wager future draft picks how do you you know how do you position yourself to still win versus just kind of getting by so i think between all of us i mean i know we we all did really well last year we all play a lot of fantasy football and I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and the guys talk about how they did in their leagues. Like, oh, I took like sixth, seventh, eighth. I'm like, why the fuck am I listening to these guys? <laughs> like, you know. So it's, I want to listen to people that win, and I know it's not possible to win all the time, and sometimes you got to rebuild in some of your leagues. But uh, at least I wanted to give us some credit here that you know, you are listening to,
2: you're listening to some winners. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I uh, interject the just? quickly how many guillotine leagues have been played tony last
0: year two last year two and then the the year prior we we just did the one so three total over two years who were the champions of those three leagues well let me think back uh 2019 was uh i believe that was nate in uh 2020 uh i won one and uh the other one i think was uh was that you
2: it was me. So as, as Nate has just <laughs> echoed, the we might sound like a bunch of uh, empty head um, fools just talking football, but there's something to having this interest, right, to, to being active on waiver-wise every week and participating. It, it, it gets you somewhere. I mean, we've played against how many people in these leagues? 16-man leagues, three of them?
0: 17. 17-man
2: 17 17 leagues. Man leagues. Yeah. And the, the three of us have managed to to win each of them. So I think that that says something.
0: And and, I mean, I I can sing the praises of the guillotine leagues for for days uh, just because I I love so many aspects of it. But uh, relative to another single season league or even a dynasty league, you're kind of locked into your roster whenever you draft them. Or for a dynasty league, it could be the team that you drafted three or four years ago or longer. Uh, So you've only got so much you can do with that. I mean, Nate was able to move and shake. Uh, with his hybrid hybrid flex roster, even without Bar- with Barkley going down, and still managed to pull it off. But uh, in those guillotine leagues, yeah, you, you've got to figure it out from week one to week two, week two to week three. Every single week, you're going to have to make those roster changes. You're, you're not just looking for. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, on some of these like mid-tier uh, free agents that that pop up in the middle of the season. I mean, you got to figure out how to go after. The, the Derrick Henry's and the Travis Kelsey's when, when they somehow pop up on the waiver wire and uh, being able to balance those budgets, those free agent auction budgets, um, free agent acquisition budgets, sorry. Uh, managing your rosters, figuring out the starts and sits, taking care of the bye weeks, injuries, COVID. Uh, there's a lot of variables in place. And I think especially last year, being able to coast, well, I wouldn't say to coast, but at least to survive 16 weeks in a row uh, maybe not the best team but at least not the worst team every single week uh yeah i mean there's definitely some luck involved but there, there's also a, a good amount of skill and i'm not saying that just because i finally won one of these damn leagues but uh it's one of those things where you got to be involved every single week you got to be watching who's who's available how much money you've got how much money everybody else has and uh do what you can to kind of stay above that that last place uh finish
2: I, th- I think it's a real, it's a real mindset change to normal season long and normal dynasty, where you generally rate players based of, of where can I see this guy being in a month? Where can I see this guy being in two months? Instead of looking at that, you're you're mostly looking at that weekly projection.
0: Who does what he play this, next week?
2: Yeah. What can this guy get me this week? Because that because if I get to next week, I'll think about it then. I think well, I, was in, to next
1: I was impressed by you guys. So like watching from afar and Tony, you touched on earlier, cause I think I did, I, I did draft Saquon. I did draft Michael Thomas, I believe. And those both players, I mean, when you draft players that caliber, like, oh, I I got this made, like I've got two cruise control, right? right? Like, you know, you're okay. At least for you assume you're okay for the first four or five weeks to get you through in a guillotine league to where you need to start making some moves. But when both players go down, at least Saquon out, like ACL, and Thomas down to a major injury that puts them out, you know, and everything's just turned upside down. Uh, you know, I got I got run out quick. But watching you guys navigate through the COVID challenges, and in, uh, when games were getting called off, and a player that you thought you had you could depend on, all of a sudden was not not going to be playing that week. Um, it was I enjoyed just watching you guys. It just added another element of, you know, s- strategy when you're trying to put together your rosters it was really cool.
0: And I think especially because for some of those guys like the Michael Thomas's and the Christian McCaffrey is that we didn't realize they were going to be out for as long as they were. So when Christian McCaffrey got his team got dropped in week five or week six or whatever it was in the, the, the big guillotine league. Uh, I added him. I spent like a, a third of my remaining uh, auction budget Sick. and uh, he was sitting on my, on my damn bench the entire time I was waiting for a chance to finally put him to use. I also grabbed Mike Davis because he ended up obviously playing the entire time. Um, but yeah, I was thinking, okay, he's going to be back in two or three weeks maybe. And the, the dude just sat on my bench until I finally cut him in week 15 like finally at the point where i realized that they're just going to finish them off for the year so a lot of us not just the teams that dropped out even the teams that still made it we were trying to hedge our bets the entire season and so they worked out for some it didn't for others
2: and um, one of the the keys to me scraping to an 11 point victory in my final was i had 63 points from kamara 63 <laughs> and i was feeling great about myself right who's going to catch me 63 points from kamara and, and I was playing against up, him, fine, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it came all the way down to the wire. Um, Azar, I think it was, who I played against. Yeah. Devontae Adams just went nuts. Travis Kelsey went nuts. Patrick Mahomes went nuts. and uh, I was freaking out, just sweating my butt off. And I was like, kamara scored so many touchdowns. This is unreal. I, sh- I should be untouchable right now. And I wasn't.
0: I was in the same situation because I, I thought I was going against Kamara. I thought, okay, that was a, a Thursday night game or whatever that was. I thought I was dead in the water. Uh, But then he had a couple other guys. I think he had Kyler Murray. No, he had uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And I sat Kyler Murray just kind of hoping that Hopkins would have a bad game as a kind of a hedge there. Uh, And and it worked out because uh, they had a pretty mediocre game on Friday or Saturday night, whatever it ended up being. And after a few more guys, like uh, some of his guys did poorly. Some of my guys did pretty well on Sunday. I thought, okay, maybe I've got a chance here. And then yeah, I think it was Devonte Adams had a, a big Sunday night game, and then I, I still needed some a good performance from Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on Monday night. And sure enough, they they had a the best game of their season. So I ended up uh, having a pretty decent victory there. But yeah, that that week especially was just ridiculous on seeing how sweat right it was a sweat how, how much stress i had over i mean a couple hundred bucks i mean in, in the grand scheme of things it's not exactly a life-changing amount of money but it was still something that that because we still devoted time every damn week to that thing that you didn't want to finish in second place and, I, I, I can
2: speak to you mccaffrey call from a moment ago because i'm looking at my team in that final i still have mccaffrey on my bench that's how <laughs> attached to him i was
0: not I willing to I, give him up just I wasn't in case give him
2: up. I think yeah. I, I picked him up like six weeks earlier practically spent my entire budget on him I was not going to give you know I, I couldn't do it you know oh, well. let's
1: let's let's give that uh our 30 minutes not even 30 minutes that was like 10 minutes of allowing ourselves to gloat and pat on the back exactly um because nobody that listening really cares because they, <laughs> they want to win themselves um so we'll shift into I guess let's say any notable big moves that we've seen thus far in the offseason and then I would like to talk about like prospects in the draft and what we see what we see coming up in terms of potential players and who who you'd want to draft for your team and who you think is gonna be an impact out of this rookie class because it's 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 pending up to be a pretty Big class. I feel like this 2021 class is what everybody thought 2020 was going to be, um, but it didn't really turn into that. So with that NFL latest big moves, I mean, is there anything notable, I guess, starting with you, Andrew, that that really comes to mind? Um, are you kind of first big move?
2: I'd say the team that looks like they've won – one of the teams that's won the offseason so far – if you're a fan of this team, I'd say it's Arizona. Bringing in James Conner to play with Chase Edmonds, bringing in J.J. Watt, bringing in A.J. Green. I mean, three of the biggest names on the open market, right? Um, As far as that, because they're not far off. They're really not that far off. And I I think that they had a few games towards the end of the season where they just couldn't finish it. Maybe Larry Fitzgerald finally... uh, hangs him up and, and they put AJ Green in the slot and try and figure it out there but um, we'll see I think Arizona are gonna if I'm doing my early prediction right now they're making the playoffs definitely next season
0: yeah the uh, the NFC West is gonna be a damn disaster next year I mean the Rams along with now Matthew Stafford uh, quarterback um, the always solid Seahawks which might be the, the fourth best team in that division now and the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who now have the third overall pick, whether that goes to Mac Jones or whoever, um, they're taking a quarterback basically w- with that pick. Uh, but they've got talent on both sides of the ball, too. So who knows what's going to happen with them. Uh, that is a division where 10 and 6 might might be fourth place. Um, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into more divisional talk uh, later in the, the offseason. But. Yeah, that, that entire division from top to bottom is going to be a, a slugfest. Um, I think you're. You know,
2: I, think you're op- I don't want to cut you off, but I think you're optimistic on the on the Niners out there. We'll I, I,
0: I was optimistic last year. I thought they had a damn good thing. I mean, hell, they made it to the Super Bowl the year before. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe some of that that magic's gone at this point. But uh, re signing Trent Williams this year, uh, being able to retain some of their other guys, um, and also now they're going to finally have a, a quarterback uh, i think they're going to cut the court on garoppolo and and bring in a rookie and whether he starts week one or he starts week eight uh they're going to have a new guy starting. And, and yeah maybe that they, maybe they, they might be the weekend the week link for for 2021 but they're at least going to be on on the up and up uh, for the next couple of seasons I mean, as, as far as, as fantasy free agent winners i mean Winning free agency is far from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, sometimes it works out. But more often than not, it does not. Um, but damn, the freaking Patriots, man. I mean, if you remember like that first day of the legal tampering period, like of the 10 guys that, that it announced kind of tentative deals, it seems like seven of them were the Patriots. I mean, they got two more tight ends. They got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, looking at the list now, I didn't have this kind of pulled up, but... Yeah, they got uh, Janu Smith, yeah uh, Judon, the edge rusher. They just got a whole bunch of good. I mean, far from the next Tom Brady, obviously, but they got plenty of like starting starting quality starter quality talent. And uh, I mean, whether that ends up working out for them, especially if they're going to do Cam Newton for another year, or if they try to get a rookie is to bring him in uh, to swap Cam out sometime in the season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, whether it turns into success is a, a loaded question. But as far as actual winning the offseason in terms of uh, being able to pull in a lot of free agents, uh, the Patriots, I think, did a damn good job at it.
2: I I, I question that a little bit. Um, I I, I
0: do too entirely I mean a lot of them I think will not work out but as far as actually bringing in a lot of top talent top talent especially with an evaluator like Bill Belichick I I trust that he knows what he's doing so we'll we'll see if it actually works out but as far as being able to bring them all in and stay under budget uh, I think that's at least worth kind of commending
2: I think we'll we'll definitely know more after the draft um, because Belichick will wave his magic wand there but um, there's two quarterbacks I'd say one of them I feel like has been set up for success and one of them has been set up for failure and I think that the wide receiving core for the Patriots losing Edelman now to retirement bringing in Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar I know they've got in two very solid 10s but Hunter Henry's also very injury prone um, I'm not sure this job is Cam's for this season I think it's maybe his for half the season then he loses it and then we might not see Cam as a starter again on the other hand I'd say a quarterback that's set up for success based off of this offseason is Daniel Jones bringing in Kenny Galladay, sure. bringing in Kyle Rudolph. If they can stay healthy, bring back Saquon Barkley. I mean, you're looking at one of the best offenses in the league.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's pretty optimistic just given what he's done in the past. But yeah, I agree that if they, uh, if they can – one stay healthy, and also Daniel Jones can kind of make that leap that people have been waiting waiting for him to make. Uh, I mean, all the offseason reports, which which are always good to be fair, uh, but they they seem pretty positive for his uh, his work with his his receivers uh, the past month or two. So, uh, yeah, whether that turns into into wins or production on the field is yet to be seen. But they they certainly have a lot more opportunity this year, just given the the weapons around them. Uh, than they would have had last year with Sterling Shepard is really their their clear number one for the entire season.
2: Mm -hmm. What have you got, Nate? Anything uh, to stick out to you?
1: Uh, I think there's just been some interesting moves. You kind of touched on, obviously, at least Tony, like the play that that the Niners are making with trading for the draft pick and Garoppolo not knowing where he's going to go. You talk about the weapons that are being added to the Giants. You have the Jets you know, trading their quarterback to Carolina, which puts some question marks there. You have Wentz going to the Colts. You know, you have Stafford yeah, yeah. going to the Rams. You have Goff going to the Lions. There's a lot of weird moves kind of like strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Like, <laughs> like you don't know what you don't know what's going on. Like and I it's I think we are going to be in a much different spot in a couple of weeks' time after this NFL draft. And we understand the full layout of what happened and who went where because, I mean, the reality is, is you're going to have probably, you know, four to five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round, if not
2: more. I think that uh, one of the interesting things about – you said it, Nate, about four to five quarterbacks going in the first round. I think if you look at uh, mock drafts that, you know, experts are putting together, let say the top 12 picks right now, it's looking like at least four quarterbacks, maybe three wide receivers and a tight end. So that's eight of almost the first 12 picks going to be offensive players, which I, since I've been tracking drafts, I don't think I've seen that many offensive players go at the beginning of the first round.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what, what happens. Um, I don't know. There's just a. I don't think any of us can predict what's actually going to happen in the draft. You know, anything. Anything can happen. We still there could be some really weird trades um, that are going to completely disrupt. I think what we're we're predicting. And we we think we know where Trevor Lawrence is going to go. Which should be you know, obviously the one predictable move, but after that, like, we don't know, is it going to be, you know, Justin Fields, you know, is it going to be, you know, Zach Wilson, like who's going to go quarterback wise, who's going to decide to make different moves for other skilled players. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. What, what's crazy to me is how, the sheer number of talent, I guess, that keeps getting fed back into this league every year, it feels like the average age of player starts reducing and the lifespan mm-hmm. player starts reducing to where, you know, a running back, especially in dynasty leagues, like what majority of us playing them, you know, where your you're running back is maybe good for four or five years. You know, a top-tier wide receiver is maybe at their peak for six years. A quarterback, if if they don't hit the first couple of years, you know, there's going to be another somebody coming right back through through the draft. So it's it's really interesting seeing this dynamic. I don't know if you've noticed it, Andrew, over the past five or six years, but it does seem like the number of quality players seems to be increasing. That's getting fed into the NFL. Uh,
2: we we talked about this earlier today, and we said that what's the one position in the league that you if you come out of the draft and you just completely mess up your rookie year which position could that really kill your career and that that's quarterback right and one of the main reasons for that is it's such a competitive league but then the next year there's more of them coming up obviously Mm -hmm. but another trend that i'm noticing now is how many of these running backs are really getting paid How many of them are getting these big contracts? Why pay you and run about four or five year deal when you can just, you know, finish the rookie, you know, contract with them? And we'll go back to the draft. If if we're in the right spot, we'll find another one. And then wide receivers, something that I've noticed is that they're now expected to perform right away. I feel like in the past, it was like they can kind of make their way in the first year and then make a leap on year two. We're starting to see these, these college guys go straight out you know, right on the field and, and making plays immediately. And then the last one is the tight end. And I don't think we've seen a tight end come straight out of college and be an impact player in their rookie year. I think Hawkinson came somewhat close, but there isn't really anyone. But what we're reading on Kyle Pitts is what he's the highest, rate is tight, highest rated tight end coming out of college than any tight end. So it's the, this year, this could be it. I'd like to pick Mr. Stroot's brain for a moment. Pick um, it. Don't pick his which, bum. Which pick his brain. Like I'll my best, there. Um Mr. <laughs> Stroot, no, nobody has more upcoming leagues in their mind than you. It, it baffles me how they can be contained inside of that organ, inside of your skull.
0: It's because when I don't think about anything else. I'm a pretty simple dude. It's fantasy football, maybe... Porn, that's about it. What What's coming up for you
2: today is, is the, the next thing for for this current season?
0: Well, uh, I mean, this this year in particular, I, I really want to get that second uh, Sunset League off the ground. Uh, I know a lot of the people in our Slack chat kind of, if they've been paying attention or they looked at the email I sent, they kind of know what's going on. But, uh, I mean, we always try to do dynasty leagues that just go on forever. And even if you hate your team, you kind of feel obligated to continue just because you don't want to be that guy uh, that drops out after four or five years just because your team is shit. Uh, and also there's single season leagues that they're fun. You love your team, but then come December, you're done with them. So uh, I'm trying to get that best of both worlds where we have a, a dynasty league with a defined time timeframe. Uh, and I think five years is a good amount where you can use a multi, uh, any kind of different strategies to build some kind of team they can win and collect some cash at some point in those five years. You can do that kind of superstars now, or you can go with some uh, high risk, high reward rookies and, and younger players, uh, decent amount of money just to keep everybody involved. And, and then there's a, a lot of other, terms that i'm trying to implement too uh we, we, nate and i try to do this for actually we, we did do this for another league uh two years ago uh so it's going into our third year now that's the one that we were talking about before where he beat me uh with goddamn josh allen on monday night um the the one downside to that league was just, it was poor communication or i don't know what, what we want to attribute it to but a couple of people didn't show up for the draft uh, a couple others showed up late to the draft and with an auto-drafted team, you're kind of screwed in a league like that. Uh, I mean, one of the teams got stuck with Le'Veon Bell, like New York Jets era 2019 Le'Veon Bell, accounting for 61% of their, their auction budget. Uh, you can imagine what the rest of his team looked like as a result. Uh, but in a five-year league, that it doesn't just handicap you. It just demolishes your your chance of uh being realistically competitive uh so while i'm loving this league i'm loving my team uh there's realistically about five or six teams that can compete especially with a couple more years to to make some changes and then two or three that could if they get super lucky but then there's another two or three teams that are just kind of dead in the water and i'm thankful that they're still playing but uh i, I don't know if there's any any chance they're, they're gonna do a whole lot unless they make some tremendous uh trades and draft picks uh in the next couple of years so i wanted to try that again this year um hopefully get a, a new combination of people uh we've already got it half filled including both of you gentlemen so thank you for for joining that uh, but we're, we're looking for some more fresh faces uh they can think they can climb in the ring and and, and kind of take some money off of us so i see you, you are on if you are confirming that i can play in
1: that league I will allow it. I don't want to. But, you know. I, I was I was kind of thinking you'd like every time I was like, I'll play, I'll play. And you're like, okay, anybody else?
0: <laughs> so, so nobody else wants to play? Nobody yeah, so at all? Like, I guess we'll play with nine. Six, <breathing> oh, I'll be ten. <laughs> oh, I'll be ten. Oh, nine it is. <laughs> like, you're like that obnoxious kid in the front row of the classroom, always holding your hand up and teachers like, anybody else have an answer here? Like, no, nah, I guess we'll call on Nate. Uh, no, I mean, I can go one of two ways. I mean, we can either get a whole bunch of clowns who don't know what they're doing, and then it's easy money for the rest of us, or we can make this competitive as all hell. I want to get you in. I'm going to get Nate, get Eric. Uh, I'm sure you got a couple other people in mind that we might be able to get. And yeah, you you get 12 dudes who know dudes or gals that that know what they're doing, then uh, every single year is going to be a slugfest. And uh, especially with the multitude of strategies you can have there, Uh, obviously somebody's always got to finish last, but Damn, I mean, you get 12 people who are on top of their game, that's going to be a, a really competitive league. So hopefully if if anybody's looking for legit competition instead of just easy money, uh, I hope they'll be willing to throw their hat in the ring.
2: I, um, you, neither, would the, neither of you will believe me, but I've just had an epiphany um, of a league... It's it's not in our pre-show notes. I know that we meet for five hours prior to every single show to, to really iron out everything we're going to talk to. But it's called the Relegation League. And the way that I picture it in my head is it's two leagues. Um, You cannot be in both leagues, obviously. It's 10-man, $150 entry for the main league. The other one's a $50 entry for the other league. That's for people who aren't comfortable with putting up the money. If you finish in the top two of the $50 league, you win promotion into the big league. If you finish in the bottom two of the big league, the $150, you get relegated to the other league. Now, I still need to obviously iron out a few of these details, but I foresee it as being somewhat of a dynasty where the two that get promoted have to inherit the bad teams that got relegated and they've got to figure it out, turn it around. But that's, that's the way. And vice versa, the ones who get relegated... You know, they get treated but they get the best teams from the from the fifty dollar league. And I just like the idea of a, a real punishment in a league and I don't think I've been in one, I'm not sure if you guys have, We're last place or second to last place and them they get eliminated and other people get in. And I feel like that really raises the odds. Having money for the winners is great. Kicking out the worst teams for me makes it even more dramatic.
1: So we we did entertain this to be honest like your exact concept and we we want to frame it as like a champions league Mm -hmm. and tony i'm sure you kind of remember it Mm -hmm. as well we talked about this exact concept and how do you do it do you pull the the top winners like the the first and second place in the previous year to to then gain entry to your champions league and whoever else wants to be in potentially is in your, your feeder league, whatever it may be, a second tier league. And you get relegated if you're not, if you're in that bottom, maybe the bottom four get relegated and the top four. The other can move up Some, somehow to, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's really cool. The concept of, you know, there is a, a punishment to being horrible. But at the same time, you know there are going to be moments across the board where you do have to genuinely rebuild. Um, which it's how do you how do you play that that appropriately if you're doing like a it depends on the concept if you're doing like a a one year redraft that's that's one thing but if you're doing a dynasty league yeah it's, that that it, would, it makes it be- would. Well, how about you be easy. in the
0: middle, maybe do like a keeper league where you keep a couple of players, but then you mm-hmm. redraft the rest. Yeah, and that, that can be a concept where everybody's going to have a couple of guys and that can be a starting point, especially that makes it more of a challenge for the best teams moving up and it makes it easier for the worst teams moving down. Uh, you at least kind of get a, a little bit of a, an edge, but you don't get exactly a, a clear path to the playoffs at, at that point.
2: And the two promoted teams probably get picks one and two, say, of the rookie draft as well. Sure to give them a way of, okay, let me figure this out.
1: I, I do like it. I, I to me, it, it also creates this bragging rights to say I've been, I've been in the top bracket for like the past three years, you know, that, sure. you know, it's just, it adds a cool dynamic to it, to where there's a, there's a drive to stay in it. There's a drive to try to get to it. There's a drive to not want to be the bottom like teams that get relegated. And so you might be making some moves that you might not, normally make if you're starting to be a little nervous about being in that bottom tier um, I think it'd be interesting and be fun to it's just how do you do that and how do you get the right people in play to, to be down with that concept So
0: the, the people would be the toughest part it, it takes a lot of buy in early especially if they play for one year they don't like being in the, the relegated league say screw this I'm out of here uh It just takes a lot of communication up front just to make sure that people are aware of what they're getting into, and also they're they're committed to sticking with it instead of just giving up after one season
2: it It would certainly need fleshing out, but I think something that the guillotine League has taught us is that it is fun to be savage: Oh yeah, just kick <laughs> someone out week one or kick someone out week two i mean this is This is what's happened to us, tony this is what you what I've become now. <laughs> i need the feeling all the time of now i want to relegate people promote people and it's all because of your guillotine
0: well, wasn't it uh your your dad got the boot in in week he one did. last year
2: yeah he left he left 30 dollars of draft money in his balance and i spoke to him afterwards and he was just like i didn't want to spend it and i was like okay well <laughs> we'll see how far that gets you and it got in week one so, yeah.
0: <laughs> did he have any i forget his team did he have any like players that came down with injuries or was it just a, a mediocre performances that first no game? it was just horrific
2: drafting i was ashamed okay. honestly i was going to denounce him as my dad after looking at his team it was uh it was shambolic i was getting messages from other people in the league saying does he know what he's doing is it the first time he's have played fancy football does he ever watched a football game before and I, I just didn't want to answer the questions and then he, he, i think it was nate that eliminated him week one as well which uh yeah
1: like his his roster was very like he he filled all the spots very quickly. That, he he treated yeah. it like a season, like a one season. League. Yeah, and he had he had mediocre players across the board. Like all all areas were covered. He had some depth, but it just wasn't. You know that's something that maybe you could use as maybe like a dynasty strategy or maybe like a he, keeper he strategy. Three quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but in a. And in a concept like guillotine where you need to have you need to have one or two players that can carry you through the first couple of weeks, you know versus just mediocre where it just it leaves you open to just get railroaded by other teams then I don't know
2: anyways I, the, the bet the best part of that just quickly was about an hour and a half after he'd already finished it. He was the first one to finish his team in that draft. And we were all still going for like another two hours. An hour and a half after he was done, he messaged me and asked if he could leave. And I was like, <laughs> I said, like, what what are you still doing here? What are you still doing here? So that was a, uh, that was great. No. <laughs> just staying. Wait, these are done. All right. So just let's let's
1: go ahead and shift a little bit. So 2021 rookies, let's just top three who you're most excited for. Who is your top three? And I I know who Tony. I've seen one name that he continuously mentions, but I'll I'll leave it to you to say. So Tony, I'll put you on the spot first. Who are the the top three? No, let's let's just be a little bit more finite. Let's just let's call it a uh, let's say superflex dynasty.
0: Oh man! As in who I think would go one, two, three
1: know who you're most excited about it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like in a need to draft a quarterback but who you're most excited about like who if you I guess I'm trying to think through it a little bit because obviously that makes it quarterback heavy but you know I'm curious to know maybe super flex or standard um who you're liking
0: well, I mean, in quarterbacks, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is, is going to stand out there. So, I mean, I, I think you've got to throw him in just because he's going to have the highest expectations. And, and they're they're the Jaguars are going to give him a ton of weapons and opportunities here. They're going to have – they're expecting playoffs probably in year two, year three with him. Uh, or I think they, they want to get playoffs by that point. So, I think they're going to continue loading him with talent and – if, if things play out, I mean, I, I think he's got potential to be that kind of top 10 quarterback by year two, maybe top five quarterback by, by year three. So, I mean, if he lives up to his expectations, he's going to be that that next big thing. Uh, I mean, as far as quarterbacks, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of other guys. I mean, you can talk about the Zach Wilsons and the Trey Lances and all that, but uh, it really kind of depends on which teams that they land with, uh, especially if you get to uh, kind of talent cesspool like the, the Jets that you might just be screwed uh, from, from draft night on. Uh, as far as position players, though, I mean, Najee Harris is who I'm really curious about. Uh, I mean, him and uh, and Etienne uh, are both the clear one-two uh, running backs of the class, and then there's Williams and your dude Chubba uh, from Oklahoma State uh, that are all kind of that second tier of of running backs, but, uh, Najee Harris is like six to I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, he's the more Derrick Henry style running back versus a, like a Darren Sprouls running back. So he, he's got some size. He's got some girth to him. Uh, I think with the right team, he, he can be a monster and I'm guessing the team or the player that you think I was going to talk about who I am very interested in is, uh, what happens with Kyle Pitts, the, uh, the Florida, the Florida tight end. Uh, I mean, they're talking, he can go as high as number four overall uh, to the Falcons. Uh, I mean, last year had two top 10 or top 12-ish, whatever uh, tight ends in the draft, or two years ago, sorry. Uh, so it's it's not exactly a, a new concept, but this Pitts kid is apparently the, the highest touted tight end in uh, the rookie draft, like, ever. And apparently there's another kid coming out of A&M next year that's apparently even better. I don't know if that if he's going to live up to those uh, that billing uh, this next uh, NCAA season. But uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, uh, everything that I've seen from him, just shouts star and with a uh, fantasy player, fantasy tight ends, as they usually say, give it a year or two uh, to kind of learn the offense, learn the blocking schemes uh, before they can really break out in terms of fantasy production. But he seems like a guy that even in year one, he can put up pretty solid numbers. So uh, I don't know if I'd spend a, a top three dynasty draft big on him but um after that first couple of picks uh, he's something someone i would definitely take a look at especially if he lands on a team where he he can put up some production uh, pretty quickly
1: okay so trevor lawrence Najee harris and etienne i know this you obviously kind of the i want to say chalky running back but obviously it is what it is like they're sure. like top two um, Pitts, who's your top wide receiver just who would you choose out of all the wide receivers only one.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chase seems like the easy answer, um, but I, I, I don't watch enough college football, so I, I'm really just going on what other analysts are saying. I mean, there, there's the, the two guys, uh, Smith and Waddle from Alabama. Uh, those three, I guess, are the, the three kind of locks for the first round, probably first half of the first round in the draft. And then I was looking at a bunch of different mock drafts before this point. I mean, there's like four guys that Different different drafts have them as maybe first round picks, maybe late second round picks. Between Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman, and Elijah Moore, uh, they've got him as 18th in one one mock draft. They've got him as 50th in another. So it all depends on kind of what team wants wants to take him. I don't know enough about him, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, based on all the all the feedback, that Jamar Chase seems to be heads and tails above at least all those guys. I, I guess he's only a little bit above. Uh, devonta smith and, and jalen waddle but he seems like he's the the clear number one uh receiver in this draft class
1: fair enough so i guess for you andrew if you're if you're sitting at number two and Trevor lawrence is already drafted and you're in a super flex league who are you taking
2: i mean it obviously the, it depends is a uh first draft for this league or are we going into it with rosters already? Because that would definitely come into consideration. Um, I think if it's uh, an initial draft just based I'm like Tony I don't watch enough college but based off of um, expert mocks I guess it's Zach Wilson, right? If he's going to the Jets he's the number two quarterback wise. Um, some other interesting things that I just kind of was perusing through some notes here. Um there's so two is in the league and Jalen Hurts is in the league both Alabama guys there's a couple of stud Alabama wide receivers expected to go probably in the top 10 um, are both those teams going to try and pull one of them wide receivers for them quarterbacks to make them feel a little bit more comfortable with them that'd be interesting to me um, something else that I saw was if we're expecting five quarterbacks to go in the first round there's a some kind of predictable formula that says that two out of them five are just going to be absolute flops, which two are they going to be? That's, that's just up in the air. Who knows? Probably not Trevor Lawrence, but any two of the others, perhaps the, um, the Najee Harris right now, landing spot. I think it's Pittsburgh. I've seen Pittsburgh
0: and I've seen Falcons is two of the, uh, the, the most common spots for him to go.
2: Those two in Miami for me, or, I mean, you can always go back to the Jets too. Those four teams probably got the biggest holes at running back. Um, Pittsburgh sitting at 24 might be a nice spot to grab him, but the Jets are at 23. They're right there, right before them. So,
0: well, and It also depends on what kind of running back they're looking for. I mean, I guess Etienne is a, a very different type of running back in terms of kind of the smaller shifty versus the big bruiser. Uh, so, so if they want that Jerome Bettis kind of guy, they, they can go for Najee. If they want more of a traditional smaller kind of midsize running back, then may, maybe Etienne's the, the, the guy they go with there. I, I don't really, I can't really think of how their offensive line is structured to handle, but I mean, I know that James Conner wasn't exactly a a Derrick Henry kind of player. So
2: no, no. And I mean, his body was failing him for the majority of last year as well, but and then the last one for me would be the, the Kyle Pitts, which Tony touched on, is who's going to go for him. Because right now, if you just read in anyone's column, it's first four picks of quarterbacks. We know where one's going. We know where Jets probably going to be at number two. Nine is at number three. Number four, what the Falcons going to do. We'll see. Kyle Pitts so that, is right there. He, he's going. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that kind of leads into. I know we're since we're getting uh, being aware of time, I'll kind of shift into a a fun quick exercise. So, Andrew, I'll make this one easy on you. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Are you what position are you taking? travel Lawrence. Okay, Trevor Lawrence quarterback. You don't have to name a position or an um, uh, exact name, but you can name a that's position. The position. That's All the right. position. It's the, it's the Trevor Lawrence. All right, Tony Stroot, New York Jets. QB. Position you take? Okay. I've got San Francisco. Obviously, I traded up to take QB as well, so taking QB. Uh, Andrew, back at Atlanta Falcons, what position are you rolling with?
2: They trade out with that spot. Someone trades up and takes a quarterback.
1: Okay. Do you know who's trading?
0: Patriots, Broncos,
2: Panthers, Washington football team. I'd say Denver.
1: Okay, let's say Denver. If,
2: there, if there's no Watson activity, it could be Denver.
1: Okay, so let's just just for the fun of it, Denver moves up, and we're saying Denver's taking a quarterback. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so then Struder, you got uh, since since he. Up at five, what position
0: offensive tackle. Pick? I think okay. uh, the the kid from Morgan can't last too long.
1: Yeah, give Burrow some protection. You know, yeah, he's gonna need it a little bit. So Miami Dolphins from Philly. I'm gonna say they go running back uh, to fill that slot. They might need some some defensive firepower, but uh, I think they're gonna be staring at looking at potentially the top two running backs still very much available, uh, something to counter. I mean, who else they have?
2: I wonder, though, if they'll wait until pick 18 They try and pull a running yeah, back. Yeah, I think
1: with the, the depth of wide receivers, I mean, they could very much pull the very, like, the top-tier wide receiver on the board or the top-tier running back, either one. Uh, they could even go Pits, but they don't need to because they have Chiziky. Or they could ha- they could take the number one defensive player um, on the board. Um, but I'll just make it interesting. To say they go running back because I know it's a they've got a comp a decent running back, I guess. But it's not a it's not gonna move the needle, I guess. So uh, puts Andrew back up D or is it st- seven Detroit? Okay, Detroit. Uh, receiver. Yeah, that's probably a no-brainer. Tony, Carolina?
0: Yeah, I mean, how, how many quarterbacks have we drafted so far? Three?
1: Uh, we've done four. So, Jacksonville, New York, San Francisco, and Denver.
0: That traded up for Atlanta's spot. Uh, I don't know if they're going to settle for the, the fifth best quarterback at this point. But also, I mean, do they roll with uh, Sam Darnold? So... I think they might take this as a as a rebuild year and, and wait for a better opportunity to draft a quarterback. So I'll, I'll take a generic linebacker, something I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know who the best talent is at that point, but go BPA in terms of talent and uh, plan for a quarterback next year.
1: Okay. And I've got Atlanta at 9 after trading with Denver, and I think that's an easy smash spot to take your man, Pitts. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Then we got Andrew Dallas at ten.
2: It's gonna have to. It. There's no way they take a receiver, despite what's on the what's available. Surely it's got to be a defensive player. Um, Let me see. Cornerback Patrick, certain go with that.
0: Giants, Tony. Giants. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of position players. Uh, I think they, they want to hone in on the offense. Um, I mean, I, I think it would make sense. I, I don't know how their offensive line situation is is going, but uh, the there, there's I guess two running two offensive tackles that are kind of heads and tails above all the others. It was uh, Sewell from Oregon, then uh, Rashawn Slater from um, uh, Northwestern. And uh, they were both kind of considered top 15 picks. And, um, yeah, I think if Slater's still there, uh, they're going to go to protect Danny Dimes uh, in the first round.
1: Okay. Philly, I'm going to say they go wide receiver. If I had to choose, I'd probably say Waddle over Smith. I don't know why. Maybe just gut feel. uh, So putting you, Andrew, that goes the Chargers.
2: probably take the other wide receiver that you just didn't take right that's Other,
0: other, other Alabama yeah. wide receiver.
2: Yeah.
0: I've seen them kind of go back to back a couple of times on, on different mock drafts. Who've I got? Uh, you got the Vikings. I need to just pull up a list here. Vikings. And they, I mean, it looks like they're, they're committed to cousins, although there's not exactly any quarterbacks left at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're set on their, their offensive skill positions. Uh, I don't really know what their secondary situation looks like, but uh, I know there's – I can't think of his name. He, he's, got, he's got a pretty cool name, that uh, there's one safety who's way better than all the others. Uh, whoever that safety is, I think that's who they'll go with. That
1: makes sense. Um, New England Patriots. Oh, man, oh, what a mess. I know there's a lot of potential Jones rumors at quarterback for them, um, but they also have a lot of holes. I just don't know if Bilichek would actually go.
2: The question there, though, is if if you're saying Jones is still available, who are we hypothetically saying are the first four quarterbacks that went at picks one through four?
1: Yeah, so you would have – I'm thinking you'd have Lawrence – You'd have Wilson. Fields, Wilson,
0: and then Trey Lance. Okay. So that, so that means the 49ers don't take Mac Jones, as a lot of people are saying they may. Yeah, I,
1: I can see the 49ers maybe going Fields and Jets go
0: Taylor. Yeah. Fields is interesting just because I, I've seen him all across the map and obviously it only takes one team to fall in love with him, but I, I've seen him going as high as two to the jets and I've seen him slip into the second round. So who knows what's going to happen to him. He could have a, an Aaron Rodgers situation or you know, he, he can be gone uh, before the, uh, the 49ers even pick. Yeah, Well, I'll, I'll just say that
1: let's just assume that Jones is still available. So Patriots are either going Jones or you're going to see some weird, just like defensive lineman pick, like some interior defensive line. And so that puts Arizona up for Andrew.
2: And and just before I mention mine, I just want to keep in mind, we've only done one trade. Only one trade here. It's
1: okay. Let's just run through it. We can get, we can do a mock later, but uh, this is fun. Just kind of run through.
2: I think a cornerback, they let Patrick Peterson go in free agency. So I I think one of the... That makes sense. A couple of those guys in that area, uh, JC Horn, Caleb Farley, maybe one of those guys.
1: Okay. That puts the
0: Raiders uh, on you. Raiders at 17. Um, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they need to go... I mean, ever since they lost... uh, Oh, due to the Bears. I'm drawing a blank. Rodney Hudson? No, um... Um, Leo Mac. Yeah. Ever since they traded away Mac a couple of years ago, I don't think they've really had any kind of kind of pass rush. Uh, you I know, mean, I'll go ahead and say edge rusher. I mean, whether they're gonna, um, going to out, uh, outside linebacker or defensive end, I don't know, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say edge rusher to, uh, try to shore up that defense.
1: Okay. And I guess I get Miami again. So we just took the top running back, and I'm going to say they take the next best available wide receiver. So Waddle, Smith, Chase are gone. So that gives you the number four wide receiver on the board, which I still think gives you some some good possibilities. I think it's what Bateman and uh, Rondell
0: Moore that I think are the two that kind of fluctuate. And, and Tony and, yeah, Terrace Marshall, Bateman, Elijah Moore.
2: Elijah Moore, there. Yeah, it's,
0: so it just comes out to, to fit that at that point. Yeah.
1: I mean they they're not in a bad spot because they still have they still have Parker. Um they Will still Fuller. Have, have Fuller now, they have Preston Williams still that nobody remembers because he tore his ACL, who's still not a bad receiver. They already have Gizecky. If you pick up a running back that's a pass catching back, you're not in a bad spot. And their defense wasn't bad last year. So, you know, I can see them just kind of giving, putting more weapons around to a, to help him succeed. So that doesn't look like a bad pick. So, anyways, Miami Dolphins. That shifts to the Washington football team. Do you, Andrew, favorite team?
2: (laughs) I just love the mascot. Um, I'll probably go with a defensive player, um, linebacker. So you're just rolling with Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Fitsy for
0: the win. Well, there's been five quarterbacks drafted now.
1: Yeah. He go. what <laughs> who, who were we talking about earlier? I, I don't I even guess. know
0: who the sixth one is at this point from Florida. Oh, Trask. Uh, he's usually like about a third round pick, but uh, again, all it takes is one team to go for him. I know Trent wanted to one of the Colts to go after him before, uh, before he signed uh, wins. <laughs> I don't know. Davis, Davis uh,
2: Mills as well.
0: <laughs> whoever the hell that is.
1: Okay. Stroot with the Bears.
0: Yeah, I think the Bear. I mean, the Bears are... They have a sneaky good team. But then they also have Andy Dalton at quarterback. And, uh, I mean, the, they can go a lot of different play, places. I think that they're kind of gearing up toward a rebuild. Uh, they need to get a quarterback, which they've literally never had. I mean... Think of uh, who's the best quarterback that you can think of that ever wore a Chicago Bears uniform. Jacob. Uh Kyle. Kyle. Uh, who's? Orton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's Orton. There's I mean Jim McMahon. Hell, there's um. Oh, uh, no, who's, Harbaugh. Who's cat? He, what was that? Uh, Jim Harbaugh.
1: Uh, who's the guy that he uh he played in Denver?
0: Oh, uh, Cutler.
1: Cutler. Cutler was there, and even before that, wasn't there another Denver quarterback that maybe it's just Cutler?
0: I don't think Plummer was there.
1: No, there's. It was the quarterback that came after Plummer. I thought I can't, but it wasn't Cutler. But what was his name?
0: Um, uh, I'll let anyways. you think on that. But point taken is that they they've never had even like a top 10 quarterback let alone uh, an elite one uh so i think they're gonna have to tank at some point whether it's this year next year or beyond but after trubisky was a major flop um yeah they're they're gonna be in trouble with andy dalton starting Uh, i mean they they franchised Allen robinson uh i don't see why he would want to come back for a long-term contract unless he's all about the money and nothing else but there's no reason he would want to catch balls from andy dalton or some mediocre rookie quarterback next year so i think they're just going to keep going on that wide receiver train and take whoever the next best up at wide receivers i guess that's the the fifth one now um but yeah i think they, they got to start building pieces to support a quarterback a new quarterback whenever he comes in so wide receiver for the bears Okay. My receiver for the Bears,
1: fair enough on that one. Um, Indianapolis
0: Colts, they are
1: going to take a punter.
0: So it's a great idea. The last one has, has a cancer. Wow. Yikes. He actually beat cancer, to be fair. He, he was he was kicking again by the end of the season. Well, you can never have too many backup punters. It's it's a position that gets overlooked way too often.
2: It's a ball so call. That's, that's a Colts punter okay Andrew Titans Uh, wide receiver they've lost Corey Davis and they lost Adam Humphreys and they lost Johnny Smith so all they really have is AJ Brown so they need someone for Tanhill to throw the ball to
1: there's still plenty of depth yeah and
0: back to the Jets to Tony you're really sticking with the goddamn punter aren't you (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, Jets, I think they're going to go for running back in the second round. Um, but you know what? I think to, to make room for that, I think, I mean, we've, we've only had one off or two offensive tackles taken so far, right? Yeah. And they've, they've already gone quarterbacks. So yeah, good point. So I, I think, uh, yeah, for both the running back, they're going to draft eventually and the quarterback they've already taken. I think getting another offensive tackle. I know the the kid from Oklahoma state still probably on the board. Uh, there's Cosme, the kid from Texas. Um, th- this draft is supposed to have five or six kind of first round quality offensive tackles. So, uh, the fact that there's only two taken at pick, uh, 23, whatever we're at, uh, means that it sounds like he should probably get some good value for the, whoever the third best one is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, Puts
1: me up, I guess, with Pittsburgh. I think. So uh, I'm going to say that when uh, Miami picked a running back, they picked Najee to to pair with Tua. And so I'm going to say Pittsburgh goes Etienne uh, at running back.
2: Okay, I have the Jags. Is it the Jags next at 25? Yep, yep, Yep. The Jags at 25 going with a safety just a safety no idea why just a safety
0: all right Browns 26 uh I, I like what they've done on on defense this this offseason especially after just grabbing um old uh clowny uh yesterday or the day before so i think they've got enough pieces on on that side of the ball uh it's boring when i'm going to say another offensive tackle
1: no fair enough i had- I can't knock that. They've got a strong defensive line, like you just touched on. Good linebackers. They have enough
0: wide receivers. I think got depth, depth at running back. And they might have some secondary needs. I don't know if a, a cornerback would be a better move than than a tackle, but yeah, that's Who that's my choice, it? my uneducated choice.
1: Who was it that just signed the um, the cornerback that got dropped by Denver? I just forgot his name. Um, Anyways, I won't get hung up on that. Um, Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, uh, man, they probably need some wide receiver help, but I could also see them going and 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 bulking up their defense even more. So, uh, if you just they just what they grab Watkins as well. I think recently. Yeah. So you got Malcolm
2: Brown, Watkins. And that's about it. The best thing I ever did in my life was trade Sammy Watkins to Tony. And it's the best thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah. I'm still kicking myself for that one, especially because I think I traded a second round pick in addition to DJ Moore. Um, for him hey, back in 2016 or whatever that was okay I've, I've been the biggest i i've always been so high on watkins thinking that he was always going to hit the guy had so much potential i mean what they were saying he was doing at clemson if he can just figure that out in the pros but he just never did see he, what he got drafted at the buffalo at the bills
1: first right that's where yep. he started out like and, like fourth uh,
0: overall i think they traded up for that pick too
1: it's so much potential. Anyways, I'll say they go wide receiver because they need some depth there. Uh, something after that abysmal passing
2: offense last year. I Steve. have New Orleans, I believe, at twenty-eight. Um, offensively, I think they have almost everything they need. I don't know if there's another tight end available really, or they should be going in the first round. because I think they may have released Jared Cook. Is uh, another tight end? <laughs> I mean, there's no one to spring. It's just this Pitts fella in the entire draft, all six rounds. Um, I'll draft go, him
0: again. I'll go linebacker. Okay. Uh, Packers, I think it's only logical they, they draft another quarterback, right? yes because you gotta make love <laughs> nervous that's, that's what yeah, I just need give them some competition in, in, in training camp there no uh, I do think they stick to offense though um, whether they give them another weapon on as wide receiver or they, they give them more protection on, on the line I, I don't know um, I'll, I'll stay a broken record here uh, picked it the last two times I'll say offensive tackle again here for the Packers
1: okay fair enough Bills, I think they'll go running back. They've got a strong defense. They've got a decent wide receiver core. Defense was the only thing that was kind of – question, or running back was the only thing that's kind of questionable last year. I mean, what, the Singletary and what they – was it Gore that they had for a little while?
2: Or no, okay. Gore was on the Jets for a while. the pass catching back. His name escapes me. Tony.
0: Um boy. CJ Spiller. Wait. Spiller. Yeah, CJ Spiller was there. John McCoy was there.
2: Okay. There's been a bunch. These are all incorrect. Let me find
0: Marshawn Lynch.
2: All right. Fantasy. It was Zach Moss. Zach Moss,
1: guys.
0: Zach Moss. He was the rookie.
1: Yeah. Frank Gore was there last year for a little bit.
0: I thought he was on the uh he was with the Dolphins last year, right? I
1: thought he was with the Jets. No, he's with the Jets. He got <laughs> cut. He ended up get he ended up picking up with the Bills, you know, the the
2: tail end of playoff time. Listen, he's been in the league for fifty years.
0: Yeah, he, he's gonna still be playing when I die. <laughs> yeah, it was Singletary and Moss and
1: then they went they had injury problems and I know yeah, anyways, yeah he, He's definitely not with the team right now, but anyways, let's not get sidetracked on good old Frank. Um, so Buffalo, I think they'll take a running back.
2: So Andrew, that puts you up with the Chiefs. Well, according to this column that I'm looking at, they really need help uh, offensive Chief. linebacker. <laughs> no, I mean uh, off the top of my head, I'm they really need. My mind, based <laughs> on my research. <laughs> Yeah, especially that kid from Penn State, uh, is, is Jason Owo, you know, you guys know who he is. Uh, yeah, probably, oh, oh. I guess, outside linebacker. I mean, unless there's a receiver there, they've lost Watkins, are they going to promote one of the other guys? I don't know, I've not seen them pick up any receivers in, in the uh, free agency either though, so I, I'll stick with my outside linebacker call.
0: Well, 32 goes to the Bucks. I don't know if there's any easy-to-find stats on how many times the number 32 pick has been traded out of, but it seems like every damn year uh, that team trades it off to somebody else looking to get that final first-round pick because you get that fifth-year option with, with first-round picks. Uh, so I, I got to assume that somebody's going to trade out of it. However, I don't have a trade partner here, so let's just say they stick with it. Uh, I mean, where are the Bucks lacking? I mean... We've already drafted like nine running backs here, so I, I don't think they're, they're going to take another one of those at, at the end of the first. But, uh, I mean, beyond that, I mean, they have one of the top five offensive lines in the league. Uh, they're not exactly going to spend a first-round pick on replacing Brady anytime soon. Uh, defense is solid from, from line to secondary. Um, damn, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to pick a generic uh, – Linebacker. Oh, there. The I'm, I'm sure there's somebody. Offensive tackle. Yet again. Now uh, that they have too many offensive tackles already, that that, that would be irresponsible. Yeah, they, let's, they say could, a line, let's say let's say linebacker for them.
2: They could trade away all their picks. They don't need them. Brady is like LeBron. They, can, and they he, can just pass any, anyone who's aging in the league who can still put in a performance and wants a vet minimum will go sound on that team. They've got nothing to worry about.
0: No, I think thought JJ uh, Watt might might try to sign with the uh, yes. with the Bucks for that reason.
1: Well, that was a a good exercise. I think if anything, like we probably within that we had a couple defensive linemen, uh, a couple cornerbacks, I think one safety. I think two safeties. Two safeties. The the general gist is it's pretty deep. I think in terms of offensive firepower. Um, so with that, you guys ready for round two? Just <laughs> we're going all six, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, um, I, I have my little game here. I got to do too, guys. Yeah. Mine's a quick one, though. Go for it. Mine's a simple over/under. Uh, I introduced that earlier today when we were talking about prepping for this. Uh, just give me some, some numbers here. Give me, an, I think this is higher or lower than uh, the proposed uh, number I'm offering here. So, over/under on the number of quarterbacks drafted in the first 15 picks of the draft. So they're not just the first round. So that's just only from the, uh, I forget who 15 is. I stopped there for a reason. But basically from the Jags all the way down to it's in New England. 15 was New England. Yes. So uh, the number I had was four and a half. Uh, you think they're going to hit five or more or it's going to be four, four or fewer there?
2: I'm going with the over.
0: Eight. Uh,
1: I see. Jacksonville, New York, San Francisco.
0: Four spot. Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to say over. Okay. Uh, over under on the draft pick used to select my favorite Florida tight end, Kyle Pitts.
2: Uh, 7.5. I'm trying to think back where we just projected him at.
1: Nine. Trade with Denver.
2: Oh, uh, I and what was what was the over under number?
0: Seven point five. So that puts him in between. At least without any trades, that puts him between the uh, Lions and the Panthers. After the Lions, before the Panthers.
2: I think the only one that scares me there is Cincinnati. Could do it. Um. And then there's, there's definitely going to be a trade there at the fourth spot, I'm sure of it, but we'll see. But I, I'm just going to go – I'm going to go over. I'm going to go – maybe he's going to go eight or nine.
0: Over. Mr. Myers? Yeah, I'm going to say over. Over also, so yeah, a line so far.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati scares me as well. I I do agree that if Atlanta wants him, they'll probably trade out, but I'm sure they'll be – since he's the only other team that makes sense about potentially drafting. it. Yeah, there's a whole uh, –
0: Okay. Uh, over under on the number of wide receivers trapped in the first round. We've kind of talked about this already, and I think we had six or seven in our casual mock. Um, 4.5. So there's the, the three that are pretty much locks between Chase, uh, Devonta Smith, and Waddle. And then there's all those other guys that, depending on who you ask, they might be uh, go 20th or they might go 50th.
2: I'm going to say over, and the team that's going to bring it over will be the surprising one, and that'll be Green Bay. They're actually going to help the quarterbacks this year.
0: I like it. I'm there. Are you still thinking?
1: Mm-hmm. Thinking,
0: quote, looking up mock drafts.
1: No. Um, it was four and a half, is our number? Yes, sir. Uh, I'll say under on that one.
0: Okay. Um, Kind of an over-under. It's either over-under 0.5. Will a kicker be selected in this seven-round draft this year? Slash punter? Yeah, Yeah, just just kickers.
2: (laughs) Nate's got a punter in the first round. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. I, I, I mean, sure. Yes. Why not?
1: A kicker in any of the seven rounds? That is correct. Yeah, it's just 0. .5, so just one has to be picked. One or more, yeah. Yeah, one will get picked.
0: Yeah, Jose, I'll butcher his last name, Jose Borregales uh, from Miami is being mocked as high as the fifth round, so he sounds like he's going Go to be the, the, the top to guy. The Colts. Yeah. Colts need a new, new kicker, too. Kicker, um,
2: I'll be staying tuned for that.
0: Okay, Uh, a little bit different angle here for the last question. Um, Will Travis Etienne be drafted before or after Najee Harris? And for kind of an overall tiebreaker here, uh, which teams will take both guys? I'm going to lean to Nate first because he's been kind of taking his time letting us see see what Andrew puts first. That's fine. Um, Etienne will get drafted after Najee. After, okay. And...
1: Uh, Najee will go to the Dolphins and Etienne will go to the Steelers.
2: I like it. Okay, okay. so we've got the same order of who's gonna go first Harris first, Harris to the Steelers, Etienne to the Jets.
0: Yeah. I like it. So
2: we keep track of the same.
1: We had the same I order.
2: I think we both said Harris before Etienne, right. But you said Harris to the Steelers. Okay, you have them
1: taking. Yeah, I don't have the Jets taking yeah, before. Yeah, it might be based
0: on where they are in the draft. But
1: yeah. Okay, so you have them taking. Uh, I'm just looking at the draft
2: picks. Is that they, even... pick, they pick at 34, second pick at the second row.
1: So you, so you think Najee Harris? When does that? When? When do you think he's going to go then?
2: So if he goes to the Steelers and there's no trades, then he goes at 24. I know you had a running back going a lot earlier than that in our little market. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's interesting. So you don't think anybody's going to pick Najee before pick 24?
2: I think we've identified. I think we've identified the four teams with the biggest holes as far as that position, and I think that's really. Neat. I mean, Miami and the Jets have got picks to burn, right? They could do it at any point. You never know, but... That's a because Miami's got two picks before that. The Jets pick right before that as well. But, I mean, they're mm-hmm. at 23, so they could easily yeah. spoil this too, but...
1: Okay, okay.
0: I like it. I like it. Let's see. Good game, Tony. Now we'll find out what happens in two weeks, guys, so... Is it pre- two revisit weeks this or... on the next pod. Yeah. Uh yeah, starts two weeks from uh, tonight. Okay.
1: So do you guys want to next week, do you want to plan on maybe doing a I think it'd be I, I wouldn't mind doing a rookie mock draft. Or maybe we wait until after the NFL draft to know where everybody lands. Maybe we do one pre and post. Um it'd be fun. I know sleeper, I've I've listened to some other podcasts where they've gone through and done some mock drafts uh, via sleeper where you know three of us are randomly assigned and we just let the computer draft the rest it's kind of fun to walk through it
2: yeah for sure if we can I know obviously the listeners can't see the screen but if we can throw it up on a screen and, and kind of talk our way through it yeah
0: anything else to talk about tonight gentlemen
2: Oh, I think it's just your uh, your karaoke performance that we're missing, um, Tony, and then I think we can call it out.
0: I, I I don't have my equipment set up, guys. I sound like sucking <laughs> stuck a robot off tonight, so I'm gonna have to uh, have to co- do a sound check co- for compast. Is it's Comcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your signal sounds fine, Tony. Please go. Ahead, please. Yeah, it's a, it's the clearest <laughs> it's been.
0: what what? Huh? Okay. Yeah. Maybe karaoke next time, gentlemen.
1: That's all good. It was nice to to get
0: back and, and have another podcast with you guys. And, and finally yeah, we, know. We, we can probably tone it down from an hour and a half down to 45 minutes to an hour in the future. But I mean, obviously we have a lot to talk about tonight and there's a lot more that we haven't even touched. We didn't even touch on best ball or, or really a lot of our, our dynasty league. So there's still a lot more we can go through the next time, but um, yeah, I'd like to start turning this into a weekly or a bi-weekly thing just to catch up on everything, especially with the draft going on right now, we've already got a lot to talk about with free agency trades draft coming up and then soon we're going to have the actual draft results along with uh, upcoming dynasty drafts and then even new leagues uh, getting started soon after that so it's a uh, generally a dead time for fantasy football guys but for all of our dynasty leagues there's going to be a whole lot happening so uh yeah I-, I like to keep going if you guys can fit it into your schedules i i, I should be able to on mine now
2: yeah for sure hopefully uh we don't put too many people to sleep obviously and I'll take an action item to do some homework and, and try and figure out my relegation league that uh that came to me like a, a light bulb coming on. Hopefully next time we talk, I'll have something better.
0: Let's make it happen, guys. I think we've got the, the right group of guys and gals in, in the uh, the Slack channel. So it's just a matter of kind of convincing people to keep throwing money at these things. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're losing over and over, then it might not be for you, but seems like most of us are really just kind of trading money around just to have fun. And some, de- some years we do. Okay. Some years, not so much, but overall, I think it's uh it keeps things, it keeps things interesting more than anything else. I agree. It gives you more incentive to watch that Vikings lions game that you wouldn't really give two shits about. Otherwise, I'm going to
1: be preparing my, uh, don't trade with Nate, <laughs> uh, um, feature where I, I mean, in all seriousness, I do want to, touch on like maybe five minutes each podcast or 10 minutes, each podcast, just kind of um, trade philosophy. Well, trade philosophy, but suggested suggested moves based on current events. And I was talking to Andrew about it earlier today to where that's a big thing that's helped me succeed is capitalizing on what's happening now and really like momentum of players, momentum of news and, where value swinging up and value swinging down, how do you how do you take advantage of that? Um, and so, I wouldn't mind. I think it'd be fun for my "Don't Trade with Nate"
2: session. Um, yeah, the, the player stock market: when to buy and when to sell.
0: I'd be interested in getting into your mindset, understanding that a little bit more because you've fleeced some people, like demolished them on some of trades this past year to the point like, holy shit, how did he get them to buy into that? But it sounds like some of them even kind of propose those trades to you. So I think you talked them into some kind of trance that you got them in. there. I don't know how you real trade me. <laughs> <laughs> those Jedi mind tricks don't work on me, buddy. Yeah. I would like to hear a little bit more of your strategy. Obviously you're not going to reveal all your magic, but uh, I'd like to, Get a little bit more insight into how that works for you.
1: No, I think it'd be good. It'd be good to talk through it, and yeah, I mean, secrets are what they are. And I know it's probably it hurts with my own success, but at the same time, I think it's good to help other people just to think about different ways of approaching things. And it helps helps just trade activity. You know, it's it's not always good to just be stagnant and just rolling with your team. You know, it's good to to think about ways to improve and change.
2: Uh, and I know that it's uh, a different type of league, but we spoke to it before about the guillotine, right? And one of the main reasons that the three of us have succeeded in that is by being proactive and being constantly aware of what's going on. Instead sort of sitting back and just be like, yeah, my team did okay last week. I survived. I was the average team. Maybe I'll do it again next week. Or you could, you know, just be all over the place. Where's the value? Where's the bargain? Can I even make a trade? Trade's in guillotine rare as well but that's the kind of thing for me it, it's being proactive and, and just being despite whatever league it is just be active and you've got an edge
0: I like
1: it let's do it all right let's let's call it a podcast we'll uh we'll make a plan to reconvene next week bless everybody with podcast number two of the 2021 season and uh, we'll see how much more diddling we find out about Deshaun Watson
0: uh, between now and then. So. I was scheduled to suck this robot off 14 minutes ago. He's going to be really upset. Oh, <sighs> so. He's going to be cranky. Oh. Lats, don't want to piss the robot lats. off. <laughs> You've heard of Skynet, haven't you? You don't want to piss these guys off. <laughs> okay, totally. Rational, yeah. Isn't it. Yeah. When, we, when you told us you got an IT job, we didn't realize that's what it was.
1: So.
2: <laughs> Something about hardware and <laughs> software. Computer fluffing. as
0: yeah. like, uh. <laughs> well, what can I say? <laughs>
1: no, it's all good. Man, we'll let you get to it, Tony, and we'll uh, we'll, bless <laughs> we'll bless everybody with uh, our podcast next week. So appreciate your time. All right. Take care, guys. Good night. Thanks, good guys. Night.